Thank you so much um, for the invitation to speak. And I see some familiar faces. And it's so good to see you. Can you hear me okay? Yeah? Okay. So I don't take your attention for granted. I know there's a lot of things going on right now. So I appreciate having some time together. And uh, I have deep gratitude for all the teachers in my life, in the past, in the present, in the future. Deep gratitude for the cool, clean air today. I don't take clean air or blue skies for granted anymore. So deep appreciation. I'd like to talk today about presencing and bringing life to life. And over the past several years, I've been working with Master Dogen's essay, Uji. And um, I talked about it a couple of years ago, and I really stumbled. So I'm hoping I'll do a better job today because it's, uh, it's an ongoing process for me. So um, being time, Uji is being time. And uh, there's so much out there. When I look for it, it's just like, wow. So it's everywhere. And uh, lots of interpretations, lots of translations. Um, being time, Uji, is a journey mapping how we actualize realization. And Dogen is our teacher and our tour guide. It's a clear approach to understanding and actualizing reality, resulting in awakening. Uji is an invitation to enter the realm of practice and ask the questions, how does this apply to my life? It's so uh, deep for me to ask these questions. How does this apply to my life? How does this practice really settle in my life? So Uji is about relational reality an enactment, an embodiment of the vow to benefit all beings. And um, over time, my experience at Uji has changed. Um, I feel like it's informed me in regard to relationship. It's informed me about climate change, about the pandemic, about systemic racism. And over the past year, I've been immersed in practicing with deep listening. So um, as Patrick said, we moved here to Vancouver Island from Santa Cruz. And, um, and I thought it was the height of the pandemic in November, December. I don't know. I just don't know anymore if there's ever an end to it. It's just, you know, here we are. So, but it was quite an obstacle course to move out of country to move in the middle of a pandemic. 
and um and in the middle of all that um i completed a year-long sati chaplaincy training program and that really held me it really held me so um I'm on the other side of the Sati Chaplaincy Training Program, and um, I'm working with two hospices, and I'm providing one-to-one -one, um, grief counseling and uh, also group support for grief counseling. And I love my work. It's such a joy. So, um, one of the really special things up here is on Vancouver Island in the place we live is that they have an inpatient hospice house and uh, people can come there if they're unable to stay at home. Um, there's a place for them to be in a hospice house. So uh, climate change, I thought we would move up to Canada and we would be in green pastures and cool weather. And that was okay for a while. Yeah. Yeah, we did have a bit of that. But uh, here too, we're experiencing the extreme weather. You know, it was uh, uh, 118, 120 in our backyard in June and July couple of days and now it's a, a beautiful beautiful time 70s it's just perfect but surprised we're in Canada and uh, here we are with fires and smoke and um, not I mean there's some evacuations going on close by but um, the news of California is is probably much more than here, but it's not like we're out of it or over it here. So climate change is here too. The pandemic is here too. Um, I don't think it's as much as other places, but it's here too. We're still social distancing. We're still wearing masks. I still haven't visited my family. Um, in Vancouver, and I'm in. I I feel like I'm in a time warp, and uh, 2020, 2021 has just happened, and I think that has a lot to do with my um, shift with UG. So um, I'm gaining a different under. I'm I shouldn't say gaining, but I'm I'm embodying a different understanding of Uji being time. And when I when I left the US, I I thought when I leave, what do I take with me? I take this practice with me. So I take this practice with me. And there's a deep connection to my ancestors and I um I'm returning to Canada. I was raised in Canada and um, I had a lot of thoughts of my grandmother when I first moved back. Her grandmotherly heart showed up. So 
we live in extraordinary times right now. And I also get the sense that each generation says that we live in extraordinary times right now, right? Everybody has that sense about their time. And my parents went through pandemic in 1918 and the Holocaust, uh, losing family. And, um, and then there's uh, the deep time that Joanna Macy talks about. And then there's the words on the Han, don't waste time. So everywhere I look, I'm, I'm living, I'm, I'm thinking about Uji. Um, so uh, if it's more about experiencing and being in relationship to, it's being in relationship to the deer and the rabbits and the birds. And um, it's so delightful to be so close to nature. It really supports my practice. And I feel like I'm being invited in. The birds allow me in, you know, um, and I've been able to slow down and notice the arising and passing of phenomena because I've slowed down and I'm close to nature. And the, even watching the snow in the winter, um, it was like being in slow motion. So um, embodying, embodying time and sitting in the moonlight with uh, Zazen, with the moonlight. So feel there's a lot going on, you know, moving and changing and all this stuff going on. But in the midst of that feeling, a sense of stability, stability in motion is, is best I can describe it and being in relationship to. The other alarming thing that happened was uh, the systemic racism that came up. You know, I don't know how many people have been tracking that, but um, the First Nations people here, there's, uh, there was horrific history of the residential schools and the, they had special Indian hospitals and there were 21 places, schools and hospitals on the island. And so they're in process of mourning and PTSD coming up around that. And it's not old history. It's like what people are experiencing right now. So um, great suffering. And there's a Truth and Reconciliation um, Council. And um, what's being asked for is deep listening. It's not, oh, I you know, I really want to help. It's, can you hear our story? Can you, and they've been having healing ceremonies just within their community to, to express what they haven't been able or felt like they, they had been heard before of this huge, horrific experience. And there's still a lot of work to do. Um, the First Nations people talk about healing taking seven generations. It's not, it's not um, easy. So how do we sit with all this? 
and what is our appropriate response. And Dogen's uh, Uji, there's different interpretations, but um, he starts out each line of the essay saying sometimes, but sometimes is sometimes interpreted as for the time being or uh, being time. But they're all saying that there's no separation be between being and time. Being time is hyphenated. So sometimes standing on top of the highest peak, sometimes moving along the bottom of the deepest ocean, sometimes three heads and eight arms, sometimes a 16 foot or eight foot golden body, sometimes a staff or a whisk. Each of these images represents something that meant something to the people Dogen was uh, teaching at the time. Uh, sometimes an outdoor pillar or a stone lantern, sometimes the third son of Chang or fourth son of Li, sometimes the earth and space. So the word sometimes is just existence time. He's uh, poetically expressing we're not separate from time. And, you know, I've, I've been immersed in this all, all day for a couple of days, trying to, uh, trying to uh, get my thoughts around this. And that's not the purpose of Uji. <laughs> so he, he, it's sort of a joke for me because Uji is about being time. It's not about a concept. It's not about uh, being in your head. And yet here I am stacks of books and um yeah so he he doesn't want you to to um get lost in your head so practice and realization are right here right now not out there it's not an intellectual process it's not something you're going to get from a book or a talk um although th those might be helpful but it's like ah can I come back to watching the bees? Can I come back to noticing the flowers or the, the birds or something like that? So practicing with body, speech, and mind. It's an invitation to come back home for the first time, over and over again for the first time, right? Expressing being in, in time, like spiraling circles coming back upon themselves. It's a non-linear time. And um, he points to the embodiment of time. And um, what I'm finding helpful is when I get lost in my head, I have a big bell here and I'll just go over to it and I'll ring the bell. <laughs> uh, come back, come back, just come back, you know, come back to my breath, come back to my body and uh, not separate not separate from our, our own experience. What is arising in the moment? So uh, there's impermanence, recognizing the flow of time, recognizing where we are the flow of time. We're not separate from that. Uh, 
the non-duality, uh, nothing's permanent, and just existing, you know, and there's support all around us. So um, taking our Dharma position right here, right now, taking a vow to benefit all beings. And um, I am finding so much coming out of being with people in the grief process as a journey. And, um, and now more than ever, there's so many people that uh, I think need to be grounded in uh, others that have a grounding presence that supports them. So supporting, supporting a ground and walking along some side, side someone. So um, that's what Uji is. That's what it is. And that's what it is for me right now. It's deep listening and really working on opening up my heart. So it's okay to cry with somebody else. Uh, opening my heart. So what are we waking up to? It's the process of cultivating and responding with wisdom and compassion and our own Buddha nature. And I, I work with somebody at hospice who, you know, we had a little go around, how are you doing today before meeting? And she said, I'm humaning. <laughs> so I'd never heard that word before. I'm humaning. I'm being human. And it, it was like, wow, I don't need to read all these books and uh, concepts, you know. I'm humaning. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think that's the most helpful thing. Action, reflection, action, reflection. What's going on? Come back to myself. Um, being present with others. So I've been studying the Pali Canon, the Middle Discourses with Gail Fronstall. And, you know, when you, when you think about something and everywhere you find it, right? So, <laughs> so uh, we were studying an auspicious day sutra and the Buddha says, don't chase the past or long for the future. What's gone in the past, that's ended and the future is not yet reached. Wherever something has arisen right there, see clearly. This, the wise practice, unwavering and unshakable. Ardently do what should be done today. Who knows? Death may come tomorrow. There's no bargaining with mortality and his great army. Whoever dwells thus ardent, active day and night, is the one who has an auspicious day. So I, I just like, oh, that's, that's OG too, right? And that was written a long time before Dogen. Um, so can we say we're having an auspicious day <laughs> when, uh, when we're faced with uh, climate change and uh, illness and death? And um, how do we work with that? So I'd say, be curious, be curious, 
you know, what is it that keeps you from being here and now? What is it that blocks that? Um, be curious, clarify your intention, and um, examine the impact on your heart when you close off when it's too hard. Can you just take a little bite, a little bite? Um, ooh, I'm running out of time. Uh, Catherine's book talks about being inside a time, no inside or outside. Uh, and each moment is complete, even, even in its incompleteness. And Katagiri Roshi says in each moment of the universe, being time means that time itself is being. It doesn't occupy a portion of space. It is the whole space. And then time becomes a pivot of nothingness. So I'm running out of time. Ah. But I think um, there's also an element of uh, there's no I. There's no me. There's no mine. There's a, a paradoxical intimacy. The intimacy of no self. There's no me. There's no I. It's a dynamic interaction complete in itself. So stay in the weeds. I guess that's the shortest part. Stay in the weeds. Ex try, try the best you can to accept the moment and bear witness to suffering and be present with just this. Facing what it is, get close. Because when you do, there's also joy. Some of the people I've met that are going through grief um, also open up their heart to joy. They don't want to miss it. They don't want to miss that moment. And uh, taking that journey with people is just such a gift. It's the giver, the receiver, and the gift. And they're all there. I'd say start close in, listen to your own voice, listen to your own, your own sense of what's happening. Don't take it from a book or a talk, but really what's in your heart. So... Please take care of your life. Stay close. Take the first step. Trust your own experience. Cultivate relationships that are wholesome, renewing, and supportive of each other. Practice presencing and bringing life to life. Thank you very much. Beings are numberless, I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible, I vow to end them. 
Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. 